Am I on? Can you hear me? Okay, good. Um, we're continuing this series called Jesus Masterclass or Masterclass, <laughs> depending where you're from. And um, I've got the one called Be Brave, Go Deep. Um, they're not my feet, by the way. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't often come on a Sunday morning um, because I'm involved in the Sunday at four group quite a bit. So um, I thought I'd just give a bit of introduction about who I am. So I am Neil. I'm married to Catherine Wilson. I've got five children. And um, next slide, please. Okay, this is a little bit about me. Glass half full or glass half empty? I'm the half empty. Okay. Um, I brought my bottle. I was hoping for a glass of water down here, but it's not there. And then I have to thank uh, Sheila Wingrove for the next slide. <laughs> Keeping our Winnie the Pooh theme. Um, I am Eeyore. Um, not all the time, but I can go very Eeyore-ish. Um, for the last 20 years, I've had mental well-being or health issues, and I've learned to kind of wrestle with it, struggle with it, and manage it. And a little bit about what I'm talking about today, it's all about me, really. And my, and my, it's actually about me and my walk with God. Because that's all I've got. Okay? Next slide. So, swimming. Um, I, do, I do a lot of swimming. I even swam this morning. Um, because I think there's a... I'm going to use swimming as an illustration of how we go deeper with God. I want you to imagine you're at the seaside. Um, I'm sure some of you have done this, or at a lake, and you go for a paddle, and then you get a bit braver and think, I'm going to go deeper. And you kind of go up, you know, above your knees, and you have to do that bit where you go above your waist and you go, oh, it's cold. <laughs> and if you keep on walking, eventually you get to about here, and you either turn around and go back out, or you think, I'm going to take one more step. And when you take that step, you're kind of wiggling your toes forward and you're thinking, is there going to be ground there? And actually what you have to do is you have to decide, am I going to carry on walking or am I going to start to use my arms? So actually you're going from walking to swimming. And when you go deeper with God, you're going to have to change an awful lot of things. You're going to have to change almost like your rhythm, your behaviour, the way you think. Next slide. There's one verse that really strung out to me when I was going to do this, and it's from Psalm 42, verse 7, and it says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. What does that mean? <laughs> I have, I've, this verse, I've, for many years I've read it, I've looked at it, and I've wrestled with it, and I st still don't know if I know what it means, but this. I'm going to try and unpack it. So I've got a few random thoughts about what I think this verse is talking about. Next slide. So, about three weeks ago, um, John O'Brien and I went for a little visit to the Lake District. <laughs> um, when I first had my, my mental health issues really came and hit me. It was about 20 years ago. I was a teacher. I had the class from hell. <laughs> and, the, and that it literally broke me. 
Um, and during the time I was, I was off for about nine months, and um, I went walking, I, you know, what I could do. And I went walking in the Lake District, because originally that's where I'm from. And there was this, there's this rock in this um, small tarn. And I, I saw it, and I thought, I want to stand on that rock. Um, so I went for, an, I did it, I went for neck, another visit later in the year, in the summertime, when it was a bit warmer and it was a bit drier. And I walked through the water, and I stood on that rock. It was 20 years ago. And just, I don't know, this year, I just got into mind, I want to stand on that rock again. So I'm not going to say any more. Let's see what happens. So deep, coarse, deep in the roar of your waterfalls. So John and I went on this trip. And on this trip, there literally are loads of waterfalls. So I deliberately went and sat by waterfalls and just sat and, and watched them and listened to them. And kind of then, OK, what random thoughts may come into my mind? And you're going to, what follows now are those random thoughts? Next slide. So deep calls to deep. And I've sort of got a few points on here. Going deeper. It has to be intentional. I don't think this is something where you just kind of think, oh, you wake up in the morning and think, today I'll go deeper. Going deeper with God, we're going to find out more about it, but it has to be intentional. And then there's this whole conundrum, as I call it. Is it my choice? Do I suddenly wake up and think, today I'm going to go deeper with God? Or does God start irritating me or agitating something within me that kind, of, that kind of starts it off? And the answer to both questions is yes. It's a bit of both. You know, I don't, I don't know, and maybe we don't know, sometimes events happen in our lives and we just sort of kind of move towards God rather than away from him. So, going deeper. Next slide. So one of the things I did is I sat by a waterfall. It talks about in the roar of your waterfalls. And um, I don't know if you've ever sat by a, a significant waterfall and just listened to the sound of the water. And when you first sit there for a few minutes, you just all you hear is like this one sound. But after a while, as you sit there, you start to hear that actually there is lots of sounds occurring that kind of, they add up together. And I put a, like a, a music score on there, because that's what it's like. It's not just one blast of sound. It's lots of little sounds combining together to make this one note, in a way. And from this, my thought is, listening to God. We need to make it a definite habit. Because without God speaking to us, where are we? And as I sat there, I thought, so often, it's a bit like, it's a bit like being given the task to do by your wife. <laughs> it's kind of halfway through what she's saying, you go, yeah, I know what you said, and off you go. <laughs> and you come back and you realise you, you should have listened to the whole sentence. <laughs> and I think we're in danger of doing that with God. You know, we need to, and, and the more I sit and sat, the more sort of within myself. I mean, I'd, I'm a very much an agitated, active person. I hate sitting down and doing nothing. 
But actually, I need to learn to sit and be still and listen. And it's actually something that doesn't occur naturally for me. So I have to work at it. And I think we need to become good listeners to how God speaks. Bit of geography now. I do have a degree in geography, so if I'm about to lose you, I do apologise. <laughs> so, as I was sitting by one of the waterfalls, um, I just sat and watched the flow of the water. And, you know, people think, along comes the water, it drops over the edge, drops into a deep pool and moves on. That's kind of what I thought, but um, using a bit of technology. So actually, up here, can you see that? Uh, it's not showing on the screen, never mind. The water, I noticed at the top of the waterfall, the top layer of water goes fast and over and down. But the water that's deeper down circulates back on itself. And it, I could see, I, I should have taken a photograph of it, but there was this, next to me on the waterfall, there was this little um, hole in the rock that was so smooth, and in the bottom it were a collection of pebbles. Now I know from my geographical understanding that what happens is the water flows over that hole, it actually irritates those pebbles, and they eventually, they're actually the ones that are causing the, to make it smooth and round. So it's not actually the fast water, it's the deep water. And it's the deep water into the plunge pool that irritates the, the, the stones and the debris on the bottom. It irritates it. it. It acts with the environment. So I've got this phrase, you know, shallow water flows quickly. Deeper water goes slower but impacts its environment. And by environment, I mean where you are. At work, at home, down the pub, at the football match, wherever you do, at the gym, when you're swimming, at the beach. God wants us to be people that impact our environment, wherever we're at. Your waterfalls, your waves. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been a Christian for nearly over 40 years, and um, a big influence in my early days was the vineyard, and there was a gentleman who read that called the John Wimber, and he tells this story about when um, God started doing things in their church, and he tells about this story where he, he kind of, you, you've got to think he's talking to God about it, and he goes, I don't like this, I don't like what's happening to my church, it's like chaos, and God says to him, whose church is it? Whose church is this? Is it ours? And interestingly, where I was sitting at the waterfall, there was this branch. It had been obviously washed down, which was um, blocking the water. And everything in me <laughs> wanted to get up and go and, and move it <laughs> to let the water flow on. But this wasn't God speaking. But something else inside me says, no, leave it. Let, let the, the natural course of time and the next time it rains, the river will flow higher. It'll eventually wash it away itself. Um, about four or five years ago, when Sammy was much smaller, I was at the back of the church, and um, she was on the floor playing with this toy car and sort of crawling around. And as she was crawling, she sort of knocked it further away, out of her reach. 
everything in me, I want you to get out of my chair, pick it up, and give it back to her. But again, something inside me says, no. And that's, I think that's part of our listening to God. Sometimes we want to get involved. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think, I can do that. I can sort that. I, I, I can do that, you know. And sometimes you have to listen, and God might have to say to you, no, it's not your job. Because when you think about it, if I'd put that car back in Sammy's grasp, she'd have lost that sense of you know, determination, the sense of discovery, of actually wrestling and getting for it. And I think sometimes, I use this carefully, we want to get involved in people's lives because you can see, we can see what they need. I'm a parent, I've got five kids, I know what they need. <laughs> but sometimes I have to step back and let them go it on their own. I have to. I can't live my life in them or through them. It's their life to make choices. And we have to let people make the choices. Even sometimes you go, ah, not the choice I think they should make. But you've almost got to let them discover it. It's part of the journey. And anyway, I sometimes feel that if we do it, God says, well, if you're going to do it, I won't bother. I'd rather he would do it than me. <laughs> I think he's better at it than me. Next slide. Okay, um, there's some songs. Um, these songs we, we sing here quite frequently. And um, the idea is that it's, it's God's waves and breakers are going to sweep over us. We almost have got, you know, you stand there and go, especially on a day like today, throw it over me, let me drench me. Because God wants to change our perspective. The first line, break my heart with things that break yours. I can't sing that line, because actually, if I'm genuine, it's going to mean that things, you know, things that I just would, don't want to look at, I might have to look at. Um, there's this song by Pink Floyd. I'm not going to mention Pink Floyd in a sermon. It's called Comfortably Numb. And I think... <laughs> but I think those two words actually are a bit of a theme for this generation that we live in. Are you comfortably numb? Are you kind of... Do you deliberately not allow things to bother you? Which maybe should bother you? Um, as I mentioned, I do geography and I do get the National Geographic magazine. And a few years ago, during COVID, I sat and read it cover to cover, because I don't always. And there was this um, uh, article about um, Eritrea, which is an area in Ethiopia, where there's a civil war. And it just showed this picture of this beautiful-looking um, Eritrean woman. <coughs> Gave her her name, and then underneath it kind of explained a little bit about her. Um, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Because basically what happened was the rebels had gone into the village. They dragged her away from her husband and, and children and raped her 14 times. And part of me inside went, what can I do about that? What, you know? So I did what I could. And over the next few weeks and months, she was on my prayer list. 
But there are so many things happening in the world. And I know it's easy to get overwhelmed with it. But at the same time, we can't just blank it out. And, and God wants to change, his, change our perspective. C.S. Lewis. <laughs> um, there, yeah, so I drew that lion. Um, and I do like this quote because I think it's, it's, it's such a classic it, it could almost be in the Bible <laughs> um, it's the conversation safe, say Mr Beaver who said anything about safe and they're talking about Aslan who is kind of a figure of, of God of course he isn't safe but he's good he's the king I tell you and there's that sense in which you know this title of this is Be Brave, Go Deep. And I think we need a bit of courage. We do need courage. Because if you think that God is, is safe and contained and in a box, then I'm about to say to you, I'm taking walks away. Because my experience is that God is forever kind of trying to gently come in behind me and give me a little push. Go on. Push. Get out. Do it. And... But the thing that, under, you know, you might say, I don't want to take the risk. I don't want to make the mistake. Because sometimes that hits my head. You know, what's, or what's going to come out of my mouth? <laughs> or am I going to end up doing? <sighs> but don't forget, he's good. And this is goodness like nothing on earth. Did I make it to my rock? So, um, I did. And there's a verse that goes with this, which is the verse that, I, again, formed over the number of years. Um, for example, 62, 61, sorry, verse 2. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Um, as I sat on that, I stood on that rock, and I sort of thought about it, I have become a bit of a rock. I, in myself, I've learned to manage my life. I'm, I'm, I've, I've got skills, I've got abilities, I've got family. I, you know, I, I have become, in a way, a rock. But actually, there's a rock much higher than I. And that, that's the one that is far more important. That is the one that's far greater. And actually, it's not about me. It's about us, the church. Um, I wanted to share this little video clip, but I didn't know how it would fit in. A film by, it's called The Incredibles, and Mr. Incredible and Mrs. Incredible are having a little chat. Well, chat is a loose word. And basically, she says, It's not about you. Because I think he was caught up in his being Mr. Incredible. And it's so true. I think it's easy for us to think, This is all about me. And I've got mental health problems, and so often I keep thinking, I'm so absorbed in all of those. Help me somehow get out of them all and become available. And that's the kind of the, another conundrum. Somehow, in the weakness of what I am, in the kind of the brokenness, mixed up, frail person that I am, God uses me. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, it doesn't make sense. And, and that's that upside down kingdom. 
look at the T-shirt. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes we feel we have to be strong, organized. You know, when I'm ready, when I've sorted out my life, then I'll, I'll commit myself to God. But God says, no, don't wait for that. that. That day will never come. You know, where are you today? That's where I want you to be. And from where you are now, I will take you on. Um, just checking, is there another slide? Oh, there is. My summary slide. This is, this is the plenary. <laughs> so, the top one, find God putting his finger on issues within you. I've not really picked on that because I just want to mention it now. <laughs> As you get deeper with God, there will be areas of your life which you so far somehow kept out of the way or kept off the agenda. God might start looking at it and saying, what about that? <laughs> it's going to get uncomfortable. That's why I say, in a sense, this journey is not a safe journey. God might want to deal with it. And I'm not talking about sort of like frailties. I'm talking things about, let's face it, the sins and the things and the behaviours and the things that we do, which we know we probably shouldn't. Um, Catherine reminded me that about, again, a number of years ago, she went to The Rock to see um, a very glitzy American lady who was from a church in California. It was all made up, looked absolutely perfect. And she told this story. She said, um, one day I was in my um, room with my Bible open and I was talking to God and I was saying, oh, this is not quite right. I don't pray enough. I don't read my Bible enough. I don't love people enough. And she felt God say to her, well, sort it then. <laughs> and I think sometimes that's God's word to us, you know. Sort it. Do something about it. Don't just belly ache about it or moan about it. Do something about it. So that's the one where God's going to start putting his finger on issues. So if you want to go deep, which is great, be prepared for the, the finger. <laughs> um, become a deliberate, careful listener of God. We need to practice and become better listeners to what God is saying. This next one. Do less and yet have a greater impact on your environment. You know, you don't have to do everything. This is, this is actually God's work in us, through us. Have your perspective change. You know, this is, it's not just about here or Jordan Thorpe or Sheffield or the UK or the world. God's at work redeeming the whole of the universe that he created at the beginning in Genesis. It's much bigger. It's not a safe journey. There will be things that might, you know, you might have to do things that kind of go outside your comfort zone. And again, realize you are part, what you're part of is much bigger than you. I mean, it's great that in this church we've got links to so many parts of the world where we hear what's happening. And again, it just helps broaden your mind that this is about a much bigger um, work than just here. So um, that's where I've completed to. Now, um, they brought me on earlier because um, we want to have a time of um, sing songs and worship as a response time. Now, I'm going to ask for my beautiful assistant. 
And together with my beautiful assistant, <laughs> we're going to lay a blanket on the front here. It's, it's actually a blue piece of silky material. Okay. There's nothing special about it. We've been in John's attic for three months. So. <laughs> but the idea is, um, in our response time, does it come out? Yeah, that, that's interesting. What I want to do is just put it at the front. We're going to have some worship. We're actually going to sing some of the songs that I refer to. And if you just simply want to respond and say, yep, I want to go deeper, come out and just stand on it. Just as you know, a symbolic of stepping into something. You know, it's not water. But just, just come and step on it, stand on it. Because sometimes I think, you know, it's easy... I, I, I'm a sort of person, I'm an activist, I'm kinesthetic, I, I, I move around, as you can probably see, I use my hands a lot. And sometimes God wants us to do something physical to kind of show what's happening spiritually within us. So just to come to the front and just to stand on this for a minute and go, yep, I want to go deeper, and then go and sit down. Those are for the extroverts and the people that are confident. For the introverts and the people more like me, you can stay in your seat, but in your heart, in your mind, start that conversation. Start saying, okay, I haven't got the strength to go and stand on that, but I, I want to move on. I don't want to stay where I am now. I want to move on. Okay? Chris.